Um, and we're starting at fullback. A huge talking point. We'll probably spend half of this nice segment talking on <laughs> just Caleb Ponga and what to do. So 892.8K fullback only this year. No 5'8 jewel, which was a huge plus last year. I think it's really hurt the 5'8 position and made someone like Dylan Brown even more of a, a must-have for my in my eyes. 34% ownership at the moment for Ponga. To be honest with you, I can see that going higher as we get closer to the season starts. Um, we, everyone knows who has listened or watched our videos or uh, listened to our podcast so far. I didn't actually originally start with Ponga. I've come around to Ponga um, the last few weeks purely off the fact that there's so much unknown with a lot of the other players that are priced under him um, in that next probably three to six or seven um, players um, below him. And I know Ponga can do it, and he has done it quite frequently the last uh, the back half of last year. The Knights have a decent run out of the top eight sides, probably the more friendlier run out of the rest of the, the eight sides. That's another plus four Ponga. So I think he's in the top five must-haves for 2024. What about you? Yeah, I think so too. I'm not even going to take the risk um, and not start him just to – you just got to have him, I feel like. And then, obviously, you put yourself in a good position to go to anyone else, and that's not a problem. But I think, yeah, if you if you try and go against the grain and go, oh, Ponga, you know, concussion, this and that, and then all of a sudden Ponga comes out and scores 160 points, um, which, you know, there's every chance he does against the Raiders, um, you're going to want him in immediately. And you're not going to think twice about it. You're going to rip your team to shreds trying to get him in. So, um yeah, I there's I don't think there's a world where I don't start with Ponga this year. Um, and I you mentioned you it quickly to... before I forget the first five games. <laughs> I got it done. Uh, the Raiders, as you said, round one. The Cowboys round two. The Melbourne Storm round three. The Warriors round four. And also, yeah, uh, yeah, the Warriors round four, and then the Dragons in round five. So again, I said it was an easier draw, like. You look at the top eight, it's pretty much all hard draws. So that is a, a quite a friendly draw considering. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got the best draw out of everyone else. You know, we've gone over the Broncos yeah. and the Panthers. and um, Barring the Sharks and Eels and the Storm too, they get, they get hammered. So barring those other guys, you just – there's no other option. You know what I mean? Like you can get all these – you can get onto the Walshers and stuff, but I feel like where the fixtures come in – Ponga just has way too much value. And obviously you're not getting him for any other reason besides, you know, scoring a hundred plus points every week, fingers crossed. Um, that That's pretty much it, but it's a shame he doesn't have the dual five, eight anymore, but I can see why he doesn't because that kind of would have broken super coach a little bit. Um, yeah. If you could have Ponga oh, I, I, and I two fullbacks like as well. So, you know, that would have been insane to have, but yeah, I, I just think, like, yeah, it's a lot of K. It's a lot of money. 892, you know, it's it's very hard to have him and a couple other guns without really taking a sledgehammer to your side and just destroying it because, um, you know, you, you go down. But then again, man, like we've, we've talked about it plenty of times before where you just have to go down 100K to a point where it's not worth it anymore to not have him. Um, because, you know, you go down like this. That's the one below him. Scott Drinkwater's 40K less, um, who I think is a great play to start as well, you know, with the, the Cowboys run. So it's just, you know, do you 
is it worth the extra 40 for what could be considered, you know, consistency? Like, I, I feel like Pong is, he's got to be the guy. And if he's not, then you can go to anyone. But you just have to sort of make that call. But I, I wouldn't want to get you're off watching. him that early. Yeah, I wouldn't be want to be doing you're that. You're watching regardless. nervously. Yeah. Well, the only thing i got to worry about with him is injury. Um, yeah. But he seemed to really come out of it last year. And, I'm, like, you look at him now too, and he's, he seems so focused on it. So, um, you know, there's a good the chance thing he, I like, he, he does better this year than last year. He looks so fit. And his yeah. mind frame from the interview he said the other day where he goes, he wants to be back in that Maroon side this year. Where last year it was all, I just want to make sure I'm healthy and I'm all, I'm all there footy-wise. Where I feel like this year he's turned the page a bit and he's gone, I know where I need to be as a player. I'm there. Mm. It's time to go back to that next level and just put everything on the line to make sure I get that jersey back. And I think for a super coach perspective, yes, that means we're going to lose him throughout the middle part of the season. It's going to be a pain in the ass. But I look at that and I lick my lips and go, I cannot wait to see what he produces early on then because I think it's going to be, look at me, Reese Walsh. This is what I can do. Can you do this at a consistent level? And, We've already seen this stuff coming out. I've got a post coming out tomorrow about it as well. Today, but when people listen to this, there's a massive argument already going on about and it's we haven't even got into the footy season with origin and that fullback spot. Both Walsh and Ponga will be going at it week to week. They'll they'll talk about it, they'll say the cliches, but I love the fact that Ponga has come out and not said the cliche and said, No, I want my jersey. I want it this yeah. year. I can't yeah. wait. I cannot wait to watch Kayla Ponga this year. And that's why I feel like even more so now after I watched that interview, he's just a must-have. The blonde hair's out. Keep the blonde hair, by the way, Kalen, for the season. We I love seeing it. You just you have to make it work. I'm sorry. If that means – and this is what happened with me. I went to Ponga, and it meant I didn't have Payne Haas in my team, and I can warrant that. I, I'm actually comfortable with that. So yeah, just make it happen, guys. Oh, easily, man, easily. Like you're not going to get that sort of point – of anyone in the front row. So if you're really splurging the cash there and you don't have Ponga, um, you know, there's a there's a really good chance that Ponga in one game will outscore both of your front rowers pretty comfortably. Yes. And maybe even the reserve ship that you've put on him too. Like maybe even all four of them. You know, Ponga can outscore all four of them on a good week. And not having him yes. to have, we- you know, two solid front rowers is going to really hurt big time. Um, so... Yeah, man, he just had so many monster games. Like, you're looking at, like, towards the back, the last eight, ten games of the year, he was averaging over 100 comfortably. Like, averaging yeah. 100, 120. Like, thinking, that's insane. And there was 180 in there, too. So, um, yeah, you just got to you gotta do it, man. And I feel like, you know, players like Tommy Turbo are the same. You know, I'm, I'm really struggling to not, you know, have a team with the two of them because both of them have that kind of upside. But I reckon he gets that jersey back off Walsh, you know, as, as much as a lot of people How think it's... It's Walsh's and, you know, you can stir some pots there and everyone listening, you know, our, take your pick. Our chat will go go off after listening to this because we're already been talking so. about it and it's been a hot discussion today. But yeah. I agree. We haven't even mentioned the captaincy option either. I think he's almost Click hot every a must-captain, yeah, for the first couple of weeks at least. And then he's a, a discussion with probably him or Hines. Uh, it's basically yeah. him or Hines for mine for the first five to six, seven weeks. Like it's... That's mm-hmm. why I've got either of those as my first two must-have options uh, for this year. Um, yep. 
Is there much else to say on Ponga? Because I just feel like we're so in the Ponga thing that there's not even, like, as you said, the concern is his health, but he seems to be on top of that and the Knights seem to be on top of it. I'm not concerned at all. There's no no entertainment of him going back to 5'8", which is great for us as well. Um, Look, Marju's gone, which, okay, that could be maybe a little bit of a concern in terms of try assist because he did like to go that side. Um, but still, it's Ponga. Like, I know he'll come up with something. He will fix his game to just come up with another way of going about it. And he'll clone someone to be Marju. Like, Mar- uh, not Marju, to be uh, Dom Young, sorry, I should be saying. So, yeah, you almost had me a bit confused there. I was like, what have I Yeah, missed? no, my bad. My bad yeah. is Dom Young. Um, but, and then Marju, there's now talk that he'll, he needs to, well, he needs to go back over to Marju's side more now. But, um, yeah. There's not much concern at all for mine. As you no, said, it's man. only the health thing. But if he is to be out, he's an easy way to downgrade to someone else because he's that top-tier player. Yeah, it just gives you such a safety net to worry about. But like, as far as it goes, when you start talking must-haves and who do you need to start with, and it's still too early to have anyone as a must-have, in my opinion. But if you're going to go um, two, it's it's Ponga and Hines to start with. Um, and I just don't think there's any reason not to. I think you just put it in your team first and then you just start working around them and just start filling in the holes outside of that. But you just have to have, like, they're both on their day the best captaincy options you're going to have, you know, at the moment. And obviously, you can only look at Ponga for the last year because the years before that had all that other stuff to worry about. And thinking, you know, you're going to just run off one season. But I, I just see, I, just, I can't see it stopping, you know what I mean? Like, the, it's in full motion now, and he just seems like he's so centred and everything seems to be right for him. So... Um, yeah, lock it in. Can't go wrong. No, I agree. Uh, any fullback options for the Knights? There's Will Price as well, who's come over from the Super League. 349, uh, 45K. We just have no idea what to, to expect from him. So for mine, he's not an option, um, especially if he's only a fullback. He's not going to get in there over Ponga. <laughs> we need to wait for a no Ponga chance. injury to, to think about it. Um, who knows if he becomes a winger? Uh, maybe could be a... a if he, if he gets the jewel as well, could be an option um, on that wing in in replace of Dom Young, but we'll find out. And the the other two, um, not no interest for mine. Marju is the next guy to talk about. Five percent ownership for the center wings, uh, seven hundred and eighty nine point two k. Another one of those real high money high high dog rollers, basically. Um, I don't know. Again, I'm just. I know what he's capable yeah. of, and it scares the shit out of me not having him. I just can't start with that. It's it's, it's a lot. Like, you can justify it with Ponga, and it's a different position. Yeah. You know, fullback. You, know, you get him in there, it's your fullback. you got two of them. You pick the best one. Um, you've got seven center wings to, to fill in there, and having someone who's nearly 800K, you basically have nothing left. There's just nothing. Um I, I won't start with him, I think, this year. But again, man, I don't see him dipping if he continues to do what Ponga does. And if Ponga's there feeding him, like, what's to say that he ever does go down? Um, there's a reason he got to that price last year, and it was because he kept scoring freaking 100 points. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, you know, reap the benefits of it. I had him many times. But, um, again, you're getting him yeah, you're getting him peak, peak. Like, I think he's the dearest center, center wing in the game at the moment. So... You're sort of just hoping to for a dip there, um, which might never come. So you might just be that premium you 
get onto at some point because you want to ride it out. But again, the best time to have him is to start. So because you want to take advantage of those fixtures, and it's just um, yeah. How do you make the team look good with Ponga, him, Hines, these other guys? You just can't have them all. So I feel like if someone's got to make the cut, I think you just got to go down from Marzu to someone attainable. But yeah, if you're if you're one of the five percent that have him, like you've gone all in. Good luck. Big time. I like yeah. your balls. Yeah, yeah, big balls. Big time. Yeah, <laughs> huge balls. Uh, um, the next I feel player, like Jenkins, could be a decent too, though. So, yeah, yeah, I six hundred and two k for Tom Jenkins, though. That's a lot. Yeah, it's it's a lot to pay for so much unknown. But you know, if he takes off Dom Young's spot, which is expected, um, you know, you knew you saw what Young did last year with it. But he's a very athletic, tall winger. I don't know what Jenkins's frame is, but. You know, that, that back line last year was so red hot, man. Like, you got all of them. Like, you can put Best in there at 60, fair enough, but all of them were hitting 60, 70s minimum every week mm-hmm. almost. So I was like, you just put someone new in there. Fingers crossed they pick up where the other one left off. But, yeah, it's it's not a bad way to get into that back line for that price, you know, considering how lethal they were last year. But it just depends if they can keep it going. Um, but, yeah, Quick no, sorry, back to Gago. Yeah, sure. Yeah, who 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 do you think was the most underrated Supercoach player of 2023? Yeah. Well, when we did our Team of the Years, you know, I think it was the first video that we made, was I had Dan Gagai in my Team of the Year center wing and with Nin now nothing, no ownership, because he just continued to do this unbelievable job every week and it was almost unbelievable. Average. Yeah, Holy he was – he just kept going, man. Every single week was like – a 70 or an 80 and 70 and 80 and it was just the same every single week 70 to 80 points and you're thinking fucking hell should i just get him in surely this can't keep going and he did it the whole season i thought for consistency there's no one better last year than that so um it didn't have those massive games that marzu had but he didn't drop as low as marzu did either so um for his floor but yeah i, I i'm not about that for 740 again you know I'm still not going to do it. I don't even think his ne- his center counterpart, Bradman Best, for mine, three percent ownership, six hundred and fourteen point eight k. I just can't go go there for for that sort of price for Bradman Best. I just, I know, I know, I love him as a player. I love the form he's in. I think he's going to battle for his uh, to keep his Blues jersey next year if both Turbo and Latrell are fit. Uh, he'll be in for a massive start to the year to keep that jersey. Um, I just, I know, he just doesn't really stick out of me as a player. Like, I need to get into my super coach team to start with. Mm, no, not not really. And then, like, you got to think, too. Like, if you've got Ponga, there's got to be someone else there scoring points, too. Like, it can't always be him. You know, he's going to be feeding someone. Um, and there's, there's some good options there for him to be, you know, pairing up with and getting these points. And you just think, naturally, if Ponga's going to be scoring 100-plus, these guys are going to be doing it too, you know. Maybe not a hundred, but maybe they're going to be pushing the seventies and eighties like last year. So it is worthy of getting him and, you know, getting him for that play as well because I can't see him getting left behind um, while Ponga does what we expect him to do. So it is a lot of coin to spend and to have a double up of the knights at the same time. You're thinking Ponga's the one, but you might get the other guy wrong, and you don't want to. Mm. You don't want to be spending, you know. 790 on Mazu 
if um, if Jenkins is doing what he was doing last season and they've just decided to swap for whatever reason, man. But I feel like they are quite dear. And for how much coin there is, like that you barely have left to spread after all those guys, it just makes sense to not have any of them for the time being and just mm. hope they go down. Um, again, I don't see a m- massive dip in any of them, but um, probably best, actually, I would say, has the most chance, or even Gagai, actually, because Gagai's break-evens would be really high. Um, yeah. So there's probably a good chance that he does, you know, tank a little if he does continue what he did last year, but very, very situational. Um, but you just you just bank it on them being as lethal as they were last year. Because they weren't to start. No. They sort of, you know, no. they found their form. So. No, I agree. Yeah. Uh, the next um, person that has actually been spoken about a little bit is that Dylan Lucas. Um, 502K, 6% ownership. So there is a bit of interest about him. I'm actually a bit unsure about this one. I don't think he's as popular as being made out to be, especially now we've got the news about Pierce Paul being back sooner than we thought. I think yeah. before that he may have been a bit more of an option, but now I think that's pushed him back um, where I don't think he'll get the minutes that he needs to warrant that price tag. Yeah. If, um, if Pierce Paul gets that spot, you know, it looks like, you know, they got him there for that reason to, to play, um, to play second row. It's obviously what Dylan Lucas filled in last year. So, um, you know, he's kind of be banking well, on him. Yeah, he is jaw, and that, that's where his 6% is. I don't really see the 6% actually in the second rowers because there is a lot better options for actual 80-minute game time every week below 500, um, but not as much in the 500s for center wing. So you definitely be thinking they're playing him there. Um, but you kind of would want, like, you know, I, I can't see it being a long-term play anyway. Um he had a good base and, you know, a very consistent run when he was playing there. And he had a massive game too. I think he scored, yeah, it was it was very, very late. Like he had a few here and then it took a big stint and he played the last two games. Um, but they were very good games. You know, he didn't really make any problems in their errors. He was just very, very consistent, solid. He did his work and he scored almost 100 points in one of them. So, you know, he can do it. Um, but now that Pierce Paul looks like he's back from trials and, you know, there's a good chance that he starts round one. I just don't see Lucas getting that edge position anymore. Um, he might just be coming off the bench, and for 500, it's just two-tier. Yeah, I agree. And when we talk about that, um, the other last play I want to talk about when it comes to center wings, Jed Cartwright, uh, again, the jewel, the second row forward in the center wing, 238K, uh, 22% ownership. I think that's because of the price tag. Um, he is a much cheaper option when it comes to that. I think he's guaranteed to play most games, but it's just about probably most of those will be off the bench. We don't know about the minutes. Um, but for 238K, he's currently in my team because it's not much risk involved. Now, as yeah. I said, I do think he'll see game time, and I don't think it's going to be a huge cash increase, anything like that. Um, but I'm happy to have him there to just to see what happens with him. Yeah, it, it's low risk, man. 230K, it's just, you know, whatever. What's going to happen? Yeah. Um, if you... Like, I expect him to play as well off the bench. You know, he might get that 20, 30 minutes here and there. And, you know, there's a good chance that in those games, he might even score a try and then have this really high 
you know, break even sort of change over price and go up and spike a bit, get you into that 300s mid close to maybe even 400 potentially, you know, if he gets a bit more of that role. So I feel like if that happens, you get off him um, and you kind of just, you know, cash out and, you know, take it to the bank. But um, yeah, it's, it's low risk, man. You, you can't really complain about it. If there's a chance that he gets in a, in a starting spot, even once um, it's always going to help get that bumping cash just for that small window while he's, um, his break evens have adjusted a little bit. So yeah, you know, th- there's not a lot of excitement at 238k. It's a very, you know, basement price just above it. So you've got him strange. Um, Eero's a little bit cheaper. So, you know, you can see where the high ownership is. They're just trying to fill those last two or three spots on the bench. So yeah, no, it's, it's fine. You can even play him in second row too. That's the thing. So you've got that flexibility with him, which is very handy. Yeah, no, I agree. Five-eighth options. I want to leave Crossland when we get to the hookers and chat about him and Braley together because I think there's actually some interesting talking points there. Uh, Tyson Gable for my 1% ownership, 487K. He's just not an option. Um, no. He's not even one of the, the second uh, choice five-eighth. I don't think it should be anywhere near that. So 1% is even too much. Um, halfback, Hastings, 510K. Jack Cogger, 463K, both 1% ownership. It'd be interesting to see what the Knights do this year when it comes to just this playmaking um, options. Obviously, three can't go into two. We've seen Cogger's grand final performance. I think it was main, one of the big – obviously, Cleary was sensational, but the way Cogger played freed up uh, Cleary to do what he can do. And I think we talk about Ponga. I think – Ponga no doubt had a fantastic year last year, seen him get to a level that we haven't seen before. But I think there's still more to come from Ponga, as we've just spoken about. And I think Cogger would be a perfect player to help get Ponga to another level as he can free him up a bit like he did with Cleary. So mm. I think Cogger's going to get a spot. I just don't know if it's going to be at the halfback or the five A's and who it kicks out. So I, just, I would say I don't think he's a play. Misses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've yeah, got I don't you've got think either of these are a play. Uh, I don't think they're a play super coach wise, but I just think that's uh, an interesting quick talking point yeah. from the general point of view. Yeah, I, I don't What's know about a play. Tags? Yeah, that's a thing too. You know what I mean? But you can kind of compare like Cogger to O'Sullivan in a way if he gets the start. You know what I mean? Like they're just shy off that top group. Obviously, Hastings is at that sort of price point where you'd almost consider him someone that you'd. Like you'd never, you'd never go against the the Cleary Hines discussion of your starting half. Like it's got to be one of the two, and you just got to have that other guy. And it's like five hundred is not a bad price to to pivot off. And you've got like Fogarty around the similar price point. Um, you got Walker for a bit more, Sam Walker, um, O'Sullivan for a bit less. So there's a fair few that float around that sort of mid bracket between four and five. You know, closing up on the six hundreds, um, where they can kind of do a very similar thing. Um, I think you're probably going to get some safety out of Hastings. I don't think it's too exciting there, but I just don't. Um, it's just nothing too special. But again, like if he's got Cogger next to him and, you know, it's kind of opens him up a little bit to do a bit more, there's a chance he could do more, but still I'm not in love with the play. So I don't know if it's worth spending too much time talking about it. It's just, yeah, then they're not bad priced for a pair of halves. You know what I mean? 450 and 500. But I just think there's just a lot of options at the same time. Um, so where does he fall in? Yeah, he's just below Fogarty um, and above Tanner Boyd. Yeah. 
it's a tricky spot too because if you had if you had left that half spot free and you did the whole team around it and you built it and you you pretty much just locked in you said I'm falling in with 500k for my second half like is it Hastings or Cogger that you're going to put in there I'd be very surprised if it was um, not to say that there's many other you know glaring options at that same price but I don't know I don't really know I wouldn't start with either of them and I'd be hard pressed to trade any of them in at some point either so yeah, I'm not too sure when it comes to their halves, man. But you got to think, like, you know, if the team get rolling, someone's got to have potential. So, you know what you're getting famous for on this podcast? That the quote of "There's not really any point in spending too much time on this, and then spending, and then spending too, too much, much time. time on this." Yeah, I so do that a I lot, think, man. I don't love it. Horn, I, I think you're going to be famous. You're going to be famous. I'm not. Air, I'll never air on you. You're famous for this now, and. Um, <laughs> Just guys, if you ever just from now on, let's just as a token rule for the the League of Interest family, when we hear Jesse say <laughs> it's just not worth spending enough time on this, start timing it, and then just let us know throughout the episode how much time we uh, Jesse spent talking about stuff that wasn't worth spending the time on. Uh, yeah. Second row forward, <laughs> probably not what, that. Did long. you have a comeback? That took you to explain. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I um. Second row forwards, we start off with, I think, two pods. And we're talking pods already. 2% and 1% ownership. Tyson yeah. Frizzell, there's rumors that he goes over, I think, to the left side, which is the more predominant side for the man pictured, Kalen Ponga, that he likes to attack for, which would then mean for mine a bit more attacking stats for Frizzell. Um, I do also think, though, Frizzell might come with a few less minutes this year. I think they might be starting to try and just get quality out of him, not quantity. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that's a new thing we with, we need to look out for in Supercoach is a lot of these these players playing quality minutes over the quantity. Um, and Adam Elliott for mine, 517K, 1%. If he can get enough like – if, if he can get it's enough sneaky, time, I think if he's starting lock, I don't mind him. Yeah. I don't, I don't, no, I don't again, mind if he was um, – he was – Front row forward, we won't get into that argument again. Um, I'd probably yeah. be even more keen on him. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong with that one, man. If he was in the front rows, like it kind of just puts that really handy, healthy spot in the 500s there, which they're lacking. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like Elliot's very just sort of, you know, glazed over too, like 1% ownership. And I don't really see why, to be fair. Um I feel like he's probably got maybe five to ten points of upside, um, you know, at the very least kind of thing. So um, I don't, I, for, for whatever reason, he's just not getting a look in. Um, maybe Leash is the one running the pods and he's still slandering his name. So, you know, going back a little bit there, I don't know. It's not an exciting play. You know, if he gets that lock, he scores his 60 whatever points like it's not a bad thing man he doesn't have a great deal of ceiling upside but it's very consistent at least so um yeah very surprising ownerships at one percent but same as frizzell two percent yeah not not too much there. uh dylan very... lucas we've already spoken about kai pierce paul the man that's hot in the news at the moment five percent ownership now i think because the news has come out that he is a chance to play from round one, uh, the injury, I think it was a, what is it, the toe injury or something that he is in as serious mm-hmm. as first thought. 
and he's yep. only 345k so he jumps into that mid tier to cheap tier category that there is a absolute a truckload of players to choose from it's just about as i keep saying about this got to choose the right ones and we're all going to be scarred by a few we're all going to claim where we've won the lotto with a few as well so is he in that bracket i don't know which one he'll go for but again coming over from super league we've we've seen it happen and it's it's a good thing we've seen him come over and it doesn't quite work there is a lot of it's a big gamble but in saying that it's also not a lot of cash to play with to gamble with either so mm. i don't know if he starts i'm probably leaning towards picking him yeah i think so um you know, a starting second role, whether he gets 60 or 80 minutes or whatever his role looks like it's going to be, um, you'd imagine he scores more than 35 points He goes up in cash. So that's kind of the play that you would be. But, yeah, there's there's three um, 350K second roles that I'm pretty – run with all three. I might drop one of them off and go down. But, um, yeah, between Pierce Paul, Talis Duncan, and potentially Morgan Smithies, like there's there's a few guys in there that look like they've got a fair bit of value coming in. So, um, yeah, I, I was, you know, early days a few weeks ago anyway, you'd be saying Pierce Paul was going to miss the first round, potentially a couple, and, you know, Dylan Lucas or Jed Cartwright look like they're getting a look. But it looks like he's actually going to be back for it more than likely. So um, if he's going to be around for the trials and we can at least get an idea of how he's going to play, because I, I don't have a clue, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know how his super coach points over in the Super League translated too hard over out this, this side and, you know, whether or not he's even going to be a relevant player or not, like oh, I wouldn't have a clue. But um, for the price and, you know, for what you would expect any second rower that plays 80 minutes or thereabouts to do, you would think they score more than what he's priced at. So um, just off that, I think the value is there for it. Um, but, yeah, just have to keep an eye out and see what he looks like in trials. And, you know, if he's if he's looking pretty good and then, you know, all the commentators are going on about him and everyone's pretty fresh on Pierce Paul, then, yeah, definitely. I don't think it's a bad pick to to start with at all. Yeah, no, I don't don't mind it. Uh, the next couple of players on option in the options: Matt Croker for three hundred and twenty eight k at two ownership. Jack Hetherington two sixty seven again has a few people keen. Six percent just never seems to become a a real sort of super coach option, even for his price tag. Just never seems to sort of hit the mark. Just more of an annoyance more than anything. Oh, Both players are sort of. Yeah, both players I can sort of put into the category of just too much uncertainty even for a cheaper sort of option. I just don't know what roles they'll, they'll both play. They're both sort of watch the first couple of weeks, see what's happening, and then just, yeah. I, I just I feel like the Knights have, when we're looking at this, especially the second row list, there's quite a few options and they just all can't get 80 minutes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some players that just write themselves off from a super coach point of view purely off the fact they're not going to play the minutes that, that are needed to do and, I'll throw Brody Jones into that category at 238k as well. Anything yep. final to say about that that list or pretty much no. the same? No, not really, man. Pretty much that. Um, yeah, there, there's nothing out there that's too outlandish besides, you know, what might Pierce Paul do? That's, that's something to keep an eye on. But, um, yeah, very surprised with Adam Elliott's 1%. That's, that's still got me a little bit like, hmm, might be worthy of a little pod play. Pretty decent. Yeah. No, I, I do agree. Um, prop for a uh, front row forwards. Um, Safidi, 486k. There's 1% that are going after him. 
Uh, Leo Thompson, front row forward, 458K, 2% ownership. Leo Thompson is a temptation. Yeah. I um, I just looked at him then and I just realized, hang on a second, that's a... Yeah. Yeah, I said it a couple of weeks ago too. As a second about it. Yeah, I had him. I had him in my team actually. I think it was one of the first teams I made. I put Leo Thompson in there because I think it's probably going to be his best year that he's had up to date. Um, and he's at a nice price, four fifty eight. I think I was running with Thompson and Totola as the two of my like cheaper options. Which one do I partner with Haas at the time when I was trying to build that team around? But now that I'm thinking I might move away from that, um, I've started to bring him back into the into the play of it a little bit. So maybe even both of them because. Again, like you do want to get on that night's draw um, for the for the start too, because it is quite good and um, yeah, like at four fifty eight k, like he's just got no downside, I'd say, because he hasn't really ever scored too low. Um, no. Very consistent. And he should get more minutes. Yeah, I think he's uh, one player. He even though there's a, a lot of options here, he'll get more options because he's improving. Um, he's still quite young, uh, very young. There's, I think his brother's signed for him for next year as well, so he's there for the future. He wants to be there. So he's just one player that I see that there's plenty of upside, even as a forward in this Newcastle lineup. I think he'll get increased minutes. His points per minute is pretty good. I'm just quickly bringing that up now. Yeah, 0.9, um, his yeah. points per minute. So he get, does his work. Um, 44.9 average of last year. I think that can go up slightly as well. And I'm happy to sit in there and just keep getting me around that 50 mark each and every week, yeah. as you said. So I'm actually, yeah, I'm 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 tempted to that that Leo Thompson. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm very tempted with Thompson as well, man. I, honestly, I, I have been looking at plenty of teams around him anyway. But I just think, like, if he gets that role and increases 10 minutes, you know, I mean, it's not it's not like it's a big jump 10 minutes if he can do a bit with it. Um, but that can put him into like that that mid 50s bracket pretty consistently because his points per minute are quite good for for how much he plays out there. And, you know, you're not going to get the tries out of him. Like, it's never going to happen, but his base is really good and you don't see a lot of ups and downs. You kind of see him just get out there. If he plays 45 minutes, he'll get 45 points. So naturally with that, you just think hopefully, you know, if you can bump it up to 50, 55, like that's that's a really fun play because I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. And I don't expect a lot of people to get on him too if he starts performing well. Um, I think he's just going to be that guy you see in the in the list there thinking oh he's actually doing okay but I'm not going to trade for him. I don't I don't see a lot of people getting on the on the Thompson train so could be good man. It really could be. I just I just don't see downside for him. Same as how I feel about Totola too. They're almost in the exact same discussion with each other and they're both very similar prices so yeah. No, my I yeah. I agree there and I think that's pretty much it because it's talking about pretty much every other option they've been they're a jewel there as well. Hooker is where the final discussion comes into it with the Newcastle Knights. Um, and the main point I want to go here is obviously Jaden Braley is a cheapie at 330k, 41% ownership. I, I think that has to be one of the highest owned players in Supercoach at the moment. Um, I can't bring that set up at the moment. I can't look at that, but he'd be in the top, I think, top five at um, least. So, I reckon it's probably him and Ethan Strange. Or Kyle Eero would have yeah. to be the top three, I would say, at the moment, without looking and checking him. But no surprise. Um, he's Oh, wait a minute. He's a... I think he might actually be the highest. There oh, he him and, he's um, moved to the lead. Yeah, Ethan Strange is first, forty six percent. And then Eero and uh, Braley are both equal on forty one percent. Oh wait, no, Cleary has forty two percent. 
Holy shit. There's a lot of heavily owned players out there. Yeah. Look out. Even We're all going to be versing each other the same teams in Sean Lane 40. They're not, they're going to be no different teams, man. That's the problem that we have at the moment without actual, you know, team lists and trials. Everyone's just building what they look like the best value on paper is. And they always change closer to the day. But, um, you know, I, I reckon he starts. There's no reason he doesn't. But I reckon he shares a, a probably maybe half an hour with Crossland. Um, probably dips into him a fair bit. So. Um, you know yeah. what? I want to pick your brain with this bit because when it first opened up and everyone was obsessed with him, and forty-one percent is is huge. Mm. I don't think he has the upside of a forty-one percent owned player now that I think more about it and I strip more of it back because I look at it. I know he's he's in the captaincy group. He's one of the captains there. He's really he's a he's looked at a lot and he's had. Two pretty injury riddled seasons now, um, back to back. And Phoenix Crosland was very good last year. If he wasn't injured at the end of the year, he would have played for the Kiwis. There's no doubt about that. Um, he's at 470k when it comes to super coach, two percent owned. I think they're almost a 40 40 split at hooker this year. And I don't think Jaden Bradley's going to get the, the scores that people are predicting. He's not a very attacking hooker. And if he's not going to be able to get through the base work that people are anticipating, I don't, I don't see. Like I'll, I'll still probably start with him after saying this, but I just, I'm not as confident on him anymore. Yeah, like um, I, I'm just not. I'm just man. It just depends on what. I need to Crossland make early has. money to then get off him. Yeah, it, it just depends on how Crossland takes points off him. Um, Crossland had better points per minute. Then um then Bradley Zeddy was at point six before he got injured, where Crossland kind of was a point seven throughout the year. So, you know, it's it's near about nothing different. But um it like in eighty minute rolls you're gonna get fifty or sixty out of Braley. You know what I mean? Um it's just if he gets that if that cuts down in half, obviously his points output cuts down in half. And then you're basically talking about where he's priced at as what he can actually do. And that kind of defeats the purpose of 41% ownership. So, um, you know, at the same time, like I suppose now that, you know, words come out, Brad Arthur wants an 80-minute hooker and you've got Braley sandwiched between both of your Eels hookers, um, depending which one it's going to be, with a lot less ownership, you know, it might be even just worth looking at that for the fact that they're definitely going to play 80, where at the moment it seems like the common, you know, the general consensus is Braley's not going to get the full 80-minute game. Um, because Crossland did nothing to lose that position besides him just coming back. Um, and that was the big upsides for him as well. Was uh, The big upside to him was the fact that getting him for 330K, you just saw dollar signs. But the more you think about it, as you just said, like I don't know if you will get the dollar signs that you're anticipating. And there's potentially, we've got again, we've got to wait for round one team list. There could be other options that are, much better cash grab options. Like the whole purpose of going for Jaden Braley was cash. Let's not kid ourselves. We weren't going to hold him all year. We we're going to get him up to hopefully around probably what, 500 K maybe. And then go, mm. what can we do with that? Let's, let's move him on and hopefully get like a, a grant in um, getting rid of someone else or something or getting into that JMK or, or the like or cook and getting that double good hooker. Maybe I'm not sure what people were thinking, but 
Yeah. Yeah. The whole, I think it defeats the purpose having Crosland there, knowing he's going to be playing some minutes. Yeah. Like, I've got Braley in my team at the moment, but I've been looking at, you know, the hands lossick combo just under him, thinking which one's more than likely going to get it. I would say probably hands gets it out of the two of them, you know, considering what's most likely to happen, even though Lussick's a bit cheaper. You can kind of get that little bit extra coin there. But, um, hey. I think it's Lussick, unfortunately. Brad Arthur loves him, but we'll talk about it in the para one. Yep. Right. I would go um, personally or, hands. Hands is a I would go personally yeah, Lussick. Got... So I'm I'm fine with that. Of course. But that's a different discussion. Coach. Yeah, that's a different discussion altogether. But Braley's <laughs> right in the middle and you can make that swing either way. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. you can save a bit, go down, and you know, you've got a potentially eighty minute hooker right there staring at you. I and mean, you haven't chosen him. So um it's it's forty one percent and I feel like that's you know, if it doesn't go up any higher, it's gonna stay there because it's forty one already. You know what I mean? Like, it's very easy to just go sort by highest owned and go, oh, Braley's only 330. That's such good value. But then you've got to consider what role um, Crossland's going to have. So um, it's just going to depend, man. It really does. But, yeah, if he loses 20, 30 minutes, I feel like he needs that 20, 30 minutes to really bump him up into a nice price point. Like, he's, he'll probably still go up in price. He'll probably go up 100K. Um, or, you know, maybe just a bit under if he loses a you know fair bit of minutes to, to Crossland there. But... That's not a bad thing, you know. He's he's still going to get him fairly cheap, and he still might do something right for you. But there, at the time, there could be better option cashies at the similar price point. So you just got to look very close to the day, and right before the round starts, just see you know see what's most likely to happen. But yeah, I, I, I see I see Braley's points getting hurt a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that's a good way to to end a newy trip uh, with a cheap hooker. Um, discussions. So uh, let's. Hey there, Joel from the League of Inches podcast. Just wanted to quickly say a massive thank you for taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. I really do hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did do so uh, and you want to support the page that little bit further, make sure you give us a follow and a like. It does go a long way supporting the page and helping us reach um, other people to listen to the podcast as well as giving us a like and a follow on all our social media platforms. We're available on all of them. Just type in League of Inches. It does go a long way. Finally, if you can just give us a rating for the podcast, uh, it will go a massive way of giving us a bit more support as well. So, again, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We're going to be averaging about three to four podcasts a week minimum, so make sure you get around the page. Massive things coming up this year in 2024. Have a great day.